The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, guns up, giddy up. Welcome to last call of the day. The show that's going to save your first marriage, your second, your third, whatever marriage you're on, baby. The show. This is the show that gives you something else to talk about over the weekend to your civilian friends, other than dead babies and domestic violence, bringing you a little bit of culture, bringing you something just a little bit more. So when you're sitting down at the dinner table, you got something to talk about with the wife. You are listening to the Filler to Stop podcast channel, where we deliver four shows a week plus four YouTube extra videos a week as well, providing first responders just stuff to fill up their time on their long 12-hour shifts. We are the number one show where police meet society and culture. And today's show is brought to you by Blue Chew. Uh, BlueChew.com forward slash Wolfpack. That can get you free. Uh, for free, I think it's four free Blue Chews, which uh, if you don't know what Blue Chew is, Blue Chew is uh, it's kind of like a little uh, chewy Viagra, if you will. Yeah, it's it's uh, the same stuff that comes from that they make Viagra and Cialis with, and you pop in a blue chew, and then you're ready to go for hours uh, and hours and hours and hours. You can jump online, do the online survey. It's Big Bird of Cookie Monster style, and they hook you up. And why is it important to you as a first responder? Because a happy wife is a happy life. And uh, look, there's a lot of stressors in the job, a lot of stressors in podcasting. We did a show Tuesday night, Night Shift, with Andrea Uplate. And um, it was probably one of the most dark, horrific, true crime stories I've ever heard in my life can't believe it happened in the last two years. Um, and I think we're the first podcast to actually talk about that case. Uh, we were with A&E's Ashley Cooper um, from 60 Days In, and she broke that thing down for us. And I'm going to tell you what, dude. Whew. You don't feel like you're in love. You don't feel like making love after something like that. And if you're a first responder, man, there's shit that you see every day that might make you not feel like you're in love. And I don't know if you listen to Jocko's podcast or not, but he did a great little excerpt in one of his shows. I can't remember which one it was, but he says, um, like, basically that motivation is, is kind of like a cruel mistress, right? Like, motivation is a feeling. And discipline outranks motivation anytime, right? Like, you have to have the discipline. You don't feel like going to the gym, but you have the discipline and you go anyway and you stay in shape. I feel like love is the same way. I feel like you have to choose to be in love every single day and you might not feel like you're in love, but you got to make that choice and you got to do things that lovers do. In this case, in this scenario, maybe you're, uh, you're going for that new promotion at work or maybe you just had a horrific dead baby scene and you might not feel like making love to your wife right? But she's in the mood. So if you put that off, right, you feel, you don't feel like being affectionate and you put that off and you're in you, in your brain, you're like, well, I'm just going to put it off until after I get this promotion. But then you get promoted and you got to deal with all the stresses of being promoted. And then you put it off some more. Next thing you know, two, three years go by and the fire is completely out. It's gone. And you're moving on to bigger and better things. You got to catch it early, man. It's like a discipline. Love is a discipline. You got to choose it. And Blue Chew's here to help. And those times when you don't feel like you're in love, your wife deserves it or your husband deserves it. If it's the other way around, if you're a nurse or if you're a lady cop and, you're, and your husband's uh, you know, an accountant or something like that, he might not understand, wait, what? I don't know, can women take blue chews? Where am I even going with that? I guess I am going to have to be chauvinistic in here. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to hit on fucking, uh, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to gender it here. 
Fuck it, dude. If you're a dude, I can't. I can't use a woman in scenario. I don't know a scenario. Sorry, guys. Sorry, ladies. Do they make a blue chew for ladies? Like, what if a woman doesn't feel it? Huh? Just doubled in on something on my own show. Interesting. Either way, regardless, longest ad read ever there for blue chew. But uh, make sure you're doing all those things to choose love and to choose to to be in love and take all the right steps and do the things you gotta do. Just like going to the gym or anything else. You got to take care of that love life too, baby. Got to take care of them chirins as well. You don't want to be raising fucking serial killers or raising the kind of girl that uh, that we talked about in uh, on Tuesday Night Night Shift. Her parents should probably be exiled. Her entire bloodline definitely needs to be ended, and I love every single one of the comments and messages you guys left us over the week. Mondays, we have Off the Cuff with He Big Daddy and Mike the Cop bringing you all the cop news. Tuesday night, we already talked about his night shift. Thursday is last call, and Friday is our flagship show where we talk about uh, case breakdowns, big major case breakdowns. Uh, but today, we're giving you, we're talking about everything but the job, baby. Give me something to talk about. What is there of all your friends gonna the, uh, at the barbecue going to be talking about this weekend? Things that you can throw in there. We're talking about a lot of stuff. We're going to be talking about Coolio. Now, I got before I jump into this Coolio story, I am way off the rocker. I've been hungover for three days. I don't even normally drink a lot. Breaking Benjamin comes in, came into town on Sunday. They listened to the show. They listened to the podcast. They're fans of the podcast. They knew I, they reached out. They said, yo, you're somewhere near Raleigh. We're coming to town. They got into town on Sunday. Jason Rao hit me up. What are you doing, dude? I freaking talked him into coming over for a nice home-cooked meal since they've been on the road for a couple months. Uh, we got into some bottles. We popped bottles, as they say. And, uh, yeah, I we drank for like three days straight. We got to go on the tour bus with them. We got to hang out. got to go to the show. got to go behind the stage. And then here's where everything goes wrong for me. We went to an after party. A bunch of VIPs, other little fans that get invited, um, bunch of the breaking Benjamin guys were there, all the band members and things like that. And, uh, it was supposed to be like a bonfire karaoke type deal, but nobody was singing karaoke. And I felt bad me being the first responder dude that I am. And I have zero shame, right? Because I've, I've lost foot chases where the guy's gotten away and, uh, he ran out of his shoes and I still couldn't catch him. Uh, I've done a lot of things. Stupid. Not as stupid as leaving a handcuffed suspect in a cop car on fucking set of train tracks, which I'll be doing a short YouTube video on that horrific incident. But you want to talk about a major fuck up? Oh my God. I mean, I fucked up, but dude, that's, that's real bad. But anyway, I have zero shame. And so if there's a party and there's dancing, I'm going to get on the dance floor. I'm going to dance. I'm like a hype man. If they're singing, I'm going to sing. And I'm not trying to be the star of the show. I'm just, I'm just there to break the ice to get everybody else involved and then make everybody have a good time. And so here we are. There's a bunch of people standing around. I was slowing down a little bit. People were starting to yawn. A lot of selfies going on. A lot of fucking people burying their face in their phones around a bonfire. Hanging out with breaking Benjamin for fuck's sakes. You still can't get off your screens. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some karaoke. Keith Whalen, the, the backup singer, says, dude, what are you going to do? And I said, well, look, dude, I'm, I'm, I know enough. I'm self-aware enough to know that I am really drunk right now. And there's only two songs I'm comfortable with when I'm really drunk, and that's Alanis Morissette's uh, You Oughta Know for the Jagged Little Pill album or Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. Now, this was Wednesday morning, 1 a.m. The show was Tuesday night. Okay? Keep that in mind. Write that down. Don't forget that part. So I, I'm like, I want to do some karaoke. And he goes, I'm going to back you up. I want to do some karaoke with you. And I'm like, all right. So I get one shot at singing karaoke with Keith Whalen 
backup vocalist and guitarist for Breaking Benjamin. I got to make this good. Now, I don't know why I didn't choose Gangster's Paradise by Coolio because I didn't feel like he would be able to back me up on that one. But I knew that he could back me up on You Oughta Know. And so I looked at him and I said, let's do Alanis Morissette, You Oughta Know. You do the all the You Oughta Knows. So I'll do all the singing. And then when it comes to you, 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 Oughta Know, I would sing, I would hand the mic over to him. You know, put the mic. It, it was a thing. So I, he's like, dude, let's fucking go. Let's do it. I'll do, I'll do Jagged Little. I'll do, I'll do You Oughta Know from Alanis Morissette. And I was like, you know it? And he's like, I know enough of it. I can back you up. So we get up there to sing. I could have done Coolio. He did a really great job, though, at the Alanis Morissette. Instead of doing the you, 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 I don't know, he did the yo, 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 I don't know, like all Breaking Benjamin style, which was epic. But while we were singing Alanis Morissette and putting Jagged Little Pill energy into the universe, while simultaneously Ivan, also known as Coolio, was dying on the bathroom floor of his friend's house of a cardiac arrest. And uh, Leon Ivy Jr., Coolio, sorry, not Ivan, Leon Ivy Jr., Coolio, might still be alive had Keith and I sang Gangster's Paradise at 1 o'clock in the morning, which is about the time that Coolio died. because We had put in just, a, just that little bit extra good energy into the air we could have saved Coolio's life. And we didn't. We chose to sing Alanis Morissette. And do I have regrets? Sure, I do. But at the, uh, the other point is that I fucking got to sing karaoke with Keith Whalen and I'm extremely hungover. And I feel like that's pretty special too. But how badass would it have been to sit right here, right now in front of all my people, my tribe, and I could have said, listen, dude, at one o'clock in the morning, on the day that Coolio died... I was with Keith Whalen from Breaking Benjamin and we sang Gangster's Paradise. It was meant to be. It was like we were saying goodbye. We were literally putting the dimes on his eyes as he traveled, not to Fiddler's Green, but to Gangster's Paradise. Which is weird that everybody keeps saying that, that he's going to Gangster's Paradise because Gangster's Paradise is a fucking ghetto. And the ghetto is kind of hell on earth. When I die, I do not want to go to Gangster's Paradise. Fiddler's Green, Heaven, whatever you want to call it, please do not send me to Gangster's Paradise. I do not want to go to Gangster's Paradise. Also, I want to know if Coolio was playing uh, Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony at his funeral. Hmm. What song is going to play at Coolio's funeral? I don't know, but I, ho I don't think that they should play Gangster's Paradise because I don't think that he wants to die and go to Gangster's Paradise. I don't think he does. It was like sarcastic. It was it's a sarcastic lyric. That's all. He was just being sarcastic. It's not real. He wasn't glorifying. In that song, he's not glorifying gang life. It's not. And that's why I like, that's why Coolio is important to me. I saw him live. I, I did see him live. That does date me. Um, I did see Coolio live. Okay. I've seen him live. I think he's one of the most authentic. I don't think he's like the best rapper that's ever lived or anything like that. Although he's, he's written like three of the most iconic rap songs of all time. But he's not like a great rapper. Like he, he didn't bring anything overtly complex rap-wise to the table. And you can regurgitate everything I'm saying right now to your civilian friends because your civilian friends don't listen to this bullshit show. It's only you and your fucking first responder hot rod and the old smoke wagon, the old blue chariot, the blue dragon, the old black and white. Or 
So you re- steal it all from me. That's what this show is for. I'm giving you shit to regurgitate so that you can fucking sound cool. I'm taking you to the water. You got to drink it. But he is one of the most authentic rappers of all time. And all of his songs were very simple. And all I say is like, just because something is simple, it doesn't mean it has to suck. All right. Simple doesn't mean, and he is a great example of that. Nothing that he did was overtly complex. Like he didn't have like Busta Rhymes, wasn't like spitting mad rap. He wasn't like changing his tone and rhythm like Eminem or any like, he wasn't like getting these major feats like P Diddy or anything like that. He kept it simple that one, two, three, five. Can't jump on me on a floor. I mean, all of his songs, all of his songs were super simple, but super fun and super flirty, and they made you feel good. And although it did educate you on gang life, like I learned what a set trip and banger was from 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 Gangsters Paradise. I didn't know what a set trip and banger was. I didn't know what loked out meant. I didn't know that there was like a whole bunch of meanings for loked. Loked can mean love of Crips. Loked can also mean going crazy. A set tripper, it can be two different meanings. You can be set tripping as in you are flirting around with other sets. A set being that if you're a crypt gang member, you might be high street crips, and then there might be Molly Street crips. So those are two different crypt sets. And a, a set tripper can be somebody that's flirting with other sets and like flopping between sets. That might be considered set tripping, which is not good. You can get smoked that way. But set tripping can also be that you're shitting on other sets. Sets going into somebody else's set and tripping. So it's like if you're high street uh, crip and you go over to Molly street crips and you start acting a fool and wiling out and like stealing shit from their neighborhoods, that would be set tripping. Like you're tripping on some or dealing drugs and their set you're set tripping. And he's a set tripping banger, which means he finds people that are set tripping and he bangs them, bangs them like with a gun, like shoots them. But anyway, it's shit like that, dude. Like, he educated you about games, but he never glorified the gang life. Like, he didn't... And I don't know if you knew this, but Coolio was a first responder. Coolio graduated from Compton in L.A. He did live in Compton. And he went to Compton Community College. And when he graduated, he became a first... He became a volunteer firefighter, and then he was a security guard. Bet you fucking didn't know that, did you, smarty pants? Thinking you know everything. I'm a big bad sergeant listening to a stupid podcast while my men are out doing the Lord's work and serving warrants and I'm fucking sitting in my office listening to Tansy spout off the mouth about Coolio. Bet you didn't know that though, did you? He's a first responder, dude. Support support your local first responder. But uh, yeah, he died Wednesday. Died of a apparent cardiac arrest. They said there weren't any drugs on scene. They're, they're doing talks about like, There's probably lots of drugs on scene. He probably, I mean, I don't know this, but I mean, I'm just guessing that if he's rocking out, if he's living that rock star life, maybe, maybe he's not. Perception isn't reality. But they're not going to tell you if there was drugs there anyway. They clean that shit up before the cops get there. That's fucking 101. So I'm not putting it off the table. But you know what, though? Coolio never, I mean, he did bad. He had some demons that you you, you can read about, but he didn't have anything like glaring. Like he never had like any, uh, like big moments like where he went nuts so crazy. He didn't have like your Kanye West moments or your, uh, you know, he wasn't peeing on people. wasn't, uh, banging underage chicks and doing all the things. He didn't have like Michael, you know, I mean, he was a pretty, you know, he pretty went pretty much went unscathed drama ish free. 
generally speaking, if you were looking at what everybody else kind of went through in that time, in that era, especially to be a rapper, and he stood the test of time. I mean, dude, he was still on tour in the 2000s. From the 90s well into the 2000s. I mean, they brought back the I Love the 90s tour. I think that tour lasted like three years. So that dude never left the road. Um, uh, but, you know, and then some people say that he was a crip. Okay, remember, well, you know, he was crip by association. Uh, he did associate with Chris because he's from Compton, dude. Like, it's fucking Lando crip. So it's not like he really got that much of a choice. But he was never officially or, like, the, the, like never, like, indoctrinated or, like, officially joined the Crips. So he's never, like, claimed to be crip. Although he did get caught up in some tabloid drama over some other crip stuff. I think it was like a, a robbery or something like that. Looked like there was more drama behind that than there was anything else. So I don't know. But yeah, th that song, Fantastic Voyage, which he wrote, dude, I love that song, man. Makes me want to go to the beach right fucking now. It was a great song. Uh, but no, man, rest in peace, Leon Ivy Jr. Rest in peace, homie. See you at the crossroads because it's a more appropriate song. I think it's a more appropriate song than Gangster's Paradise. I don't know. You let me know. Hurricane Ivy. No, Hurricane Ian. Sorry. Absolutely wreaking havoc, but there's something we can learn from this. There's one thing that we can learn from the hurricane, aside from evacuate, when they tell you to fucking evacuate, uh, you can learn this. You can know this, that there are catfish walking on dry land in the midst of a fucking hurricane. If Florida isn't already scary enough there have been catfish running 50 miles southeast of Orlando. Nowhere near any lakes, nowhere near any swamps. Well, Florida is one big swamp, but not no pond or lake or big giant river uh, structure there. A woman woke up to a catfish flopping around in her driveway. And she was like, yo, why is there a catfish flopping around in my driveway? Somebody must have dropped off a catfish at my house she scoops it up picks it up gets rid of it she then later ventures out into her backyard finds more catfish hanging out in the grass in her backyard could you imagine now she calls florida fish and wildlife game because she's like yo i don't know what's going on i don't know if like there's like a, a catfish nato like shark nato but a tornado with catfish. I don't know what's going on, but there's catfish landing in my yard and I'm nowhere near any water. And they came out and realized that these are walking catfish. The woman who found it, his name is Jennifer Sangalang. Of course, of course it's Sangalang spelled S A N G A L A N G. Won't you play with my Sangalang Alang? Jennifer Sangalang spots Two catfish at her house in Wickham Park in Melbourne, 50 miles from Orlando. She doesn't live near a pond or a lake. One of these fish was over six inches. It was like seven inches. So these aren't like, like super tiny catfish. One was thrashing in the grass. I mean, oh my gosh. There, there's a TikTok video of one of these fucking things. They run on their pectoral muscles. They can get up out of water, hold their breath, and run their ass to another puddle of water. Now, here's my question. We've all seen those crazy end-of-the-world movies, like the bats leave, like the big giant birds, that, you know, they all get ruffled and they fly away and they're dodging the storm or whatever. 
how bad is this storm that the catfish are running away from it? That the catfish are saying, fuck this water. I am going to hold my breath, get up on land, and I'm going to run for my life. That is some end of days shit. It makes me want to go and pray and repent right now. Like I feel like dark days are ahead of us. If you're not paying heed to the warning of these catfish, have you even seen a disaster movie? Have you even seen a disaster movie? Because that's how they all fucking start with catfish doing shit like this. Could you imagine? I don't do drugs. I don't. I don't. I don't do drugs at all. But could you imagine doing drugs? And then not even knowing if what you saw was real or if it was the drugs. Like you're jacked up, super high, riding the boat, and a fucking catfish runs by. And then you sober up and you tell your friends, you're like, yo, I took these drugs the other day. And they were so badass that I saw a catfish running, just going for a jog, going for a modern stroll right here through Winter Park, Orlando. Just fucking chilling. And his boys are going to be like, dude, that sounds like some amazing drugs. They go and seek out the same strand of drug. They take it. They take their cat, their, their gel, their uh, goldfish out of the, the bowl. And, uh, they try to make a dance and the drugs aren't working. So they take more and they're like, dance goldfish. Come on, dude, run. I want to see you run. These drugs aren't working. Next thing they know, they all overdose. When in reality, it was just a fucking run. It had nothing to do with the drugs. It was a running catfish. That's insane, dude. If you don't drop that this week at your barbecue, I can't help you. I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink it. Uh, I hope Drew Breezy, by the way. By the way, Drew Breezy and I uh, and Mike the Cop doing a lot more YouTube content, breaking down a lot of videos. Today I'll be breaking down uh, the tragic train incident where the cop left somebody handcuffed in a train and a train smoked them. Luckily they lived, but dude, that cop is fucked. That city is fucked. That woman's going to have the biggest payout of her life. And I'll talk about that on, uh, on our other YouTube videos. So you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel for sure. Make sure you hit that like button. That really helps us out and support our sponsors, baby. Support our support ghost bed, support manscaped. Um, and, and today's show being brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack and also blue chew forward slash Wolfpack. Um, Next up on the docket, something really cool to talk about. Also, I always do a call to action. You know, I'm a big family first guy, big family first guy. Always do a call to action. Um, and I thought this one was very interesting. This is uh, a woman found a woman found a message in a bottle, which is not overtly amazing uh, on its surface. When you think about it, though, it's really fucking cool. Like, how dope would it be to find a bottle with a message in it? Doesn't matter what the message is, really. Obviously, because the message in this this story wasn't all that great. But it is pretty cool to find a message inside of a bottle. And so after I read this story, keep in your brain. I'm going to do this with my kids. We've got the hurricane bearing down on North Carolina here pretty soon. But um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a nice little bottle. I might know a place and still distilling company, shameless plug. I'm going to throw a, um, a little message in there from each one of my kids. Seal that bad boy up. Maybe we'll send three, one for each kid. Send it off. Put our phone number on there. Leave some kind of crazy message. I don't know. Do you leave your phone number for somebody to call you and get a hold of you? Or do you just leave a profound message? I'll leave it up to the kids. But I think it would be cool to float a, a, a message in a bottle away and see what, what comes of it or, or just to know that you did it. But in this case, uh, this this woman here, uh, Joanne uh, Gusto, 
her and her husband were walking uh, down the coast of Racine, Wisconsin, and she spotted something bobbing in the water. Couldn't find out it was a message in a bottle. She was really excited about this message in a bottle. Um, she read the bottle and it really touched her. It was the motivation that she needed, which made her put a message in a bottle, which somebody in Wales found. They have now connected with each other. And they're now kind of buddies um, talking through this message in a bottle. But the whole thing is it's just a kind of a, it's kind of a cool story, man. Um, the message that she found very obscure message, um, but it wasn't dated. And it was definitely written for somebody in the afterlife. But it was very faded and uh, just, you know, there's just a lot of, it's in a lot of adventure in that. And I think the kids would really enjoy it. So um, that'd be my call to action. Throw a message in a bottle. One, because it's going to do two things. It gives you something to do with your kids or your loved one. How cute would that be? You got a nice little girlfriend, dude? Write a little note, two lovey doveys. Go float that bitch away. See what happens. Who knows, right? You got kids. It's great family time, but you're also giving something for somebody else to find. Now, a lot of people are probably going to put like some kind of motivational speech in there, you know, like let this be a message that you are loved and that people appreciate you. Or you can leave a message like me where it just says everybody Wang Chung tonight. I don't know why that's what I would write in my message or what I'm going to write, but I feel like that's what I'm going to do it. Maybe somebody that's just about to blow their fucking brains out, sit next to the coast. Or maybe they just lost somebody and they're, they're sitting at the ocean side and trying to remember that loved one. Little bottles bobbing up and down. They're like, God, is that you sending me a message? Is that the universe? My friend in the afterlife, is that them delivering me a message in a bottle? Maybe I shouldn't kill myself or, or maybe it's, who knows? But you grab the bottle and you pop it open. And it just says, everybody Wang Chong tonight. I don't know why I am the way that I am, but uh, that's who I am. And I can't change me. Can't change me. Uh, but I do think a message in a bottle is pretty damn, pretty damn cool. And I would love to find one, to be honest with you. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to find a message in the bottle. And next up on the jacket, what else do we have? Um, oh, right now we got Pig Latin the book. Pig Latin the book is coming out very soon. Just had a really fancy meeting. Uh, can't tell you too much about the meeting, but uh, just know that the book will be coming out um, soon. If you want to get on the email list for the book, please go to my Instagram at Eric Tanzi Official. Jump on the old Instagrams. And send me your email address, and I'll make sure that I get you. Uh, I'll get you on there. But man, uh, Florida's really getting hit hard right now. They're evacuating some facilities. If you're a first responder in Florida, Godspeed, and uh, and we all we all send you our thoughts and prayers. T h o t s and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Um, what else do we got on the docket? Oh, the new movie, Hocus Pocus 2, is coming out. Now, Hocus Pocus 1, one of my favorite movies as a kid. My kids actually love Hocus Pocus as well. Um, it's probably one of the very few Sarah Jessica Parker movies that I'm into. Uh, although I will say what's sad, I I'm still going to go see Hocus Pocus 2. Not getting the best of reviews, though. But it's not getting good reviews from, like, peers of this time. So it's like the teenagers are the ones reviewing it. And 
they're saying that there's too many references to Hocus Pocus one and too many inside jokes that they don't understand. So maybe that, maybe it's just not about you generation Z. Maybe it's not, maybe not everything. Maybe the whole world doesn't just revolve around you. I'm probably at 38 going to enjoy the shit out of Hocus Pocus two. I'm probably going to enjoy the shit out of it. Um, I love the movie, love every minute of it. And, uh, and I can, I watch it every year for Halloween. It's probably my favorite kid friendly Halloween movie, but I'll say that not only is it my favorite kid Halloween movie, I'm strangely turned on by it. I don't know why I'm strangely turned on by Hocus Pocus 2. It mainly Sarah Jessica Parker's character. And I think it's because when I was young, I think I would have taken Sarah Jessica. I would have fallen for whatever she was trying to lure me. She was luring me in the way she was like, come here, little boy. I'd been like, oh, yes, yes, ma'am. But that's the kind of pervert child I was uh, at that age. But um, I wonder how hot they're going to be for Hocus Pocus 2. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm definitely going to take my kids to go see it. Uh, it's Oktoberfest and I'm a big fan of Oktoberfest in general. I like to do a big uh, Oktoberfest party every year. I don't like that Oktoberfest beer comes out as early as early August. I understand it because you can't just release a seasonal beer and get it distributed to all the, the beer stores, the wine stores, the shops, all before October. I know you got to start to get it out to everybody. You've got to start in August. I get that. Doesn't mean that you have to consume it that early. You can put it, it's pasteurized. You can put it in the refrigerator and wait until October or wait until that first day of fall. In this case, we're coming up on um, October only days away. And um, it feels like fall outside. So I'm going to drink Oktoberfest all through this hurricane. The real Oktoberfest that's uh, held across the pound... Another shrimp on the bob, eh? Uh, they're holding their first Munich um, Oktoberfest this year in two years. They had to cancel it, obviously, for COVID reasons. But it's back, baby. <laughs> all the lederhosens and all the women with those big, giant pints hanging off their chest. Pints of beer is what I'm referring to. Uh, again, oddly turned on by that. Maybe it's just cleavage that turns me on. I don't know. But I like the uh, I like those outfits. They've always I'm, I'm gonna get my wife one this year. Uh, I'll probably get myself a leader husband as well. But anyway, uh, those big giant pints come at a cost. Inflation worldwide, thanks Biden, fifteen percent more for a pint of beer at this year's Oktoberfest. Ain't that some shit? So you haven't had Oktoberfest in two years. Now you bring it back, and everybody's got to pay fifteen percent more for the beer. What world do we live in, dude? We got catfish fucking running from storms, 15% more a pint at Oktoberfest that's been canceled for two years. And we got baby snatchers like we had on uh, Tuesday night show. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. Um, but for me, I'm going to do my own Oktoberfest. I'm not going to charge anybody for it. They can just come over. Uh, my, my son's birthday is actually this week. But I, I'm building a 25-foot half pipe in my backyard for the kids to skateboard on. And I built it right next to a burn pile at the very back of the property. And I think I'm going to get a bunch of picnic tables out there. Not this weekend, but the following night, the following weekend, I'm going to throw a big giant Oktoberfest party. I love Oktoberfest. I love all the drinking games. I love all the things that you do on Oktoberfest. Again, it's that one, it's like, a, you know, with everything else, you get one day to be kind of German. Oktoberfest, it's your one day to go full German. You eat your bratwurst, you eat your, uh, your veal, uh, 
What's that other shit that they serve there with the, the gravy on the top? All those things. Go full on German, eat your shalatsky, all the things for one day. And then, uh, then we're not German anymore. Just in good mile. We're all Mexican one day. St. Patrick's Day, we're all Irish one day. And then they fuck it all up by giving a gay month where you have to be fully fucking gay for a whole month. Again, just want to be gay for a day. Just want to be Mexican for a day. Just want to be Irish for a day. Just want to be German for a day. I want to do it for a whole fucking month. It's too much. At that point, it's debauchery. It's disgusting. I said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Um, so that gives you something to look forward to. If you're going over to somebody's house, make sure you take over a six-pack of Oktoberfest for them. Lumber Chef sent, uh, sent me and Andrea up late a couple of bottles of Oktoberfest. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out. Big shout out, Shumber, uh, Lumber Chef. Also, uh, speaking of which, Gunfighter Candle Company. Their business launches September 30th. They sent us a whole bunch of gunfighter candles. This one is scented SWAT. It smells like a SWAT bus. So, um, which is really nice. A SWAT bus, does, it's, it's, it's a little bit of, you can smell the testosterone, um, but also most SWAT guys shave and then they manscape. So there's like, not only do you sell, smell the testosterone, but it's a scented manscaped testosterone. So it's, it's, it's very rugged and manly. That's what this candle smells like to me. Um, like a bunch of manscaped balls on a SWAT van in the hot North Carolina heat. Uh, very nice, very nice candle. Um, I could take this, uh, this candle, I could set it down. I could open up a nice Oktoberfest, pull out Skillset magazine and read one of the articles that BC from disruptors wrote and be really nice be nice and romantic. Um, and he's a romantic guy. He's a man of romance. He's a man of love. He's a lover. And, uh, and so I'd like to read what he writes while sitting next to this gunfighter candle. If you want to culture it up though, bring them the, bring them the Oktoberfest beer, throw on some Gruner, uh, not Gruner Vettliner. That's Hungarian. Gewürz demeanor wine. Maybe the woman of the house or the man, they might just be wine drinkers. German beer. You have your German Oktoberfest. Make sure you bring some German wine, which is a Gewürztraminer or good German Riesling. You can get a dry Riesling actually. Uh, but anything from Mosul is really good uh, Riesling wise out of um, uh, out of uh, Germany. If you see it, it says the words Cabinet on it. Uh, those are usually a little more drier Rieslings. But uh, if you want to have a little German fest, make sure you get your all your sausage, get your German sausages out your bratwurst, your Bavarian bratwurst. And your Oktoberfest beer. Maybe it's not time for pumpkin beer yet. But, you know, do all the things, man. Have a good Oktoberfest party. And that'll give you something nice and cultured to do over the weekend. Which gives you something else to talk about other than the job. Well, there you guys go, man. That should give you all the things, all the talking points. I will have another guest next week. I just didn't have a guest this week because of the the hangover, frankly. And partying for three days. I couldn't really put... um, I couldn't put Breaking Benjamin on the back burner for the pot. I felt like they took precedent. They were in town. I had to show them the best of times. I had to show them the worst of times. Um, and then Coolio died. And I wasn't in the mood yesterday. I was hungover. I was sad. I was sad that Coolio died. And um, I was upset. And I was in no place. I was not in a good place to podcast. And so I didn't. I didn't do it. And um, But I made it up for you today, giving you all the things. Tomorrow's breakdown is going to be insane. If you have not gone back and listened to Tuesday night show, you're crazy. Make sure you have Blue Chew on standby because you're not getting hard for. Le- Dude, I'm still thinking about that shit and it's been like three or four days. So 
you know, make sure you got your blue chew handy there. Uh, but what a great episode. Tomorrow's episode is going to be fantastic. And then make sure you take out the Drew Breezy search warrant video. If you're a cop and you're intimidated by search warrants, this one's going to make it a little less intimidating. You're going to learn a lot about search warrants. It's very fun and flirty. A lot of great jokes. Uh, his comedy games really stepped up. And I like that. And I, I love having him on the Failure to Stop crew. He's a great guy. And also, if you're a civilian, you have no idea what the fuck a search warrant's about. This is the perfect video to show you exactly. It's, I don't know, it's like, it's not that long. But, um... You can see exactly how intense a search warrant really is and what cops have to go through to, to write a search warrant. It's a lot there. It's a lot there, but it's a really great content. We are opening up the content. I should have a very, very fantastic guest on next week. So really excited about next week's last call of the day. Until then, though, have a good weekend, man. Spend some time with the kids, dude. It's the perfect weather. Pop a tent. Do something with your family, man. Choose to love. And sometimes we don't always feel like we're in love. But you can make the choice to be in love. And this is a great weekend to choose that. Go on a nice fall walk. Put the tent up. Sleep in the bed of the truck. You know, sit out on the porch and watch the storm roll through. Light you a gunfighter candle. Pour a glass of wine. Rekindle the love, man. Rekindle that relationship with your cheerings. Put down those screens and have a family dinner and a movie night. Maybe put in a DVD while it's raining outside. Build a tent inside the house. Escape the storm. Now ride it out. Do something. Play Monopoly while the electricity's out. You're surrounded by gunfighter candles. I don't know, man. I don't know. Put your family first. Have a good weekend. Do something other than focus on the job. Put the job on a break. Wear something other than your thin blue line t-shirt. And uh, have some quality, holiday time off. And send us a picture, dude. We've been lacking on the pictures lately. Give a good call to action. I want to see your pictures. Show me something. Show me some quality time off this week. Show me somebody building a fort in the kitchen or the living room. Wherever you build your forts, your little sheet forts, build me one. I know there's a fucking shit ton of people that listen to this show up and down the coast are getting blasted by rain right now. Send me some pictures. I'll throw them up on the Instagram. Uh, you can follow the last call, kind of like our private last call group. It's it's open to the public, but uh, it has a very special cult following. It's all about quality time off, sharing with what people are doing on their days off and how they're spending it with their families. And it motivates you to get ready to take some time off because just like planning for court, just like planning for anything else, you need to be planning, planning, planning for that quality time off and you need to have other things to talk about. And that's why I think last call may not be the best show on the network. Obviously it's not, it's not the best show. Um, probably the least entertaining show, but it's the most important. It's the most important one. Cause if you do the things that we talk about on the show, you will have a happy wife. You will have a happy life. You will be a better first responder because you will have a better mental, uh, take on things. Taking quality time off gets you right. And you can't be a good cop if you have a shitty brain. And if you have a shitty home life, it all starts at home. It all starts in your brain. It's all about putting in that effort. So uh, until then, guys, until next week, guns up, giddy up, send me your pictures, and cheers.